Welcome to the Security Squawk Podcast, where we discuss the business of cybersecurity. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another show. The Security Squawk Podcast, where we're going to talk all day about the MGM hack and what's going on there today and try to educate people on all the things we like to talk about on this show, which is warning business people and just the general public about what the hell's going on out there when it comes to cybersecurity. We've got a bunch of stuff that we want to jump into with this MGM thing because, man, has it spun its own crazy web here in the last, I guess, what, they've been a little over a week, right? They've been under, under yep. uh, I think it was yep. last yep. last Sunday, right? Um, <clears throat> that they uh, basically had to shut down their casino operations, among other things. And um, they're starting to bring things back up, but we're starting to see the impact on their business. And we're going to dive into that today. But before we do... Remember, the stuff we talk about on this show, right, guys, um, you know, we do get into some some kind of controversial things. And, you know, social media and YouTube, they don't like that stuff, right? So you help us. And, and what we say on this show is you help us grow the show by sharing the content because that, kind of, that yep. kind of bucks the algorithm a little bit. And so that's why we ask for everyone who listens to share the show, comment like, subscribe, do whatever you can to help support us. We keep putting out the content. And if you support us, other people will find this and you'll make more people aware of these things that are going on in the world that mainstream media doesn't really like to talk about. So anything you guys want to add to that? No, I I thought that was a great point because we do talk about controversial stuff that sometimes controversial. We're not doing it on purpose. Not, no, but seriously, if you, think, if you think about it, we rail on all the big tech companies and all the big tech companies own the platforms that we put this out on. That's the reality. <laughs> so they're not going to promote our stuff for us. So we need our people who are interested and have awareness that this is going to be a massive problem for humanity in the future. Um, it's a little problem right now, but it's going to be a big problem. I mean, before we go into the MGM hack, just on this topic, guys, they're literally talking about whether or not a cyber attack took down that F-35. And, yep. and, oh, wow. and that's what they're thinking could have potentially brought this down. Now, the yep. fact that we're even talking about that, right. that, that a potential cyber attack could or somebody thinks or something was leaked that leads people to believe that there could have been a cyber attack that brought this jet down. You know, so we've been warning people on this show for a long time that it's only going to get worse. That's pretty bad in my book. Go ahead, it, Randy. It, it is. And let me draw the correlation here, man, because I think it's connected to this whole MGM thing. Because not that the cyber attack is or that it's a cyber attack, but this is the not to us, mm-hmm. but to the world. This seems like this is the biggest cyber attack that's ever happened. Because everybody, everywhere I go, people are talking about it. You know, you mentioned last week, Brian, that you have like cousins that were texting you because they couldn't do their online gambling or whatever. I think there's friends, there's friends, uh, not cousins. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's probably a kernel of truth, though, in that, in how it brings 
so many people are aware of this. I went to a provisors uh, networking group yesterday and people were talking about it there and how scary it is. And it's like, it's scary in that it's an attack, but we've seen a million more scarier attacks, you know, in the last several uh, weeks. I just saw yesterday on a podcast, they drew the connection. They brought up MGM and then somebody said, even the planes are getting hacked potentially. So it's a, I don't, I think they're indirectly uh, related because this MGM hits close to home for a lot of people, apparently. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing that we're, we constantly warn about on this show, and we have been probably beating this drum more in the last six to eight, maybe 10, 12 months. I don't remember when we started beating the drum, but warning and why we do this show is to help leaders and decision makers of companies, right? Understand this stuff um, because it's going to be a problem that's going to be at your desk very, very soon. Um, it could cause you to lose your job. As we saw, with the hospital system that just got hacked, where the CFO stepped down in the middle of the recovery process. Why do we see CFOs stepping down? Because we've warned on this show for months that executives, not IT people, are going to start being held responsible for these attacks. And based on my own experience dealing with CFOs, they're basically the people I'm battling to fight for doing cybersecurity the right way because they look at it as a cost and that's all they view it as. Well, it just costs the CFO their job. So who's right, who's wrong? We're just trying to do the right thing. And unfortunately, CFOs are too ignorant to the situation because they don't watch this show <laughs> uh, to do anything about it. So Anything else you guys want to add there? Because it's, uh, it's becoming a big problem. Uh, other than we've been talking about this for the last three years, um, kind of what you guys just said. I don't know if maybe we should. We, Brian, you mentioned um, changing the theme song of our program. Maybe we should put some X-Files uh, theme song so we can just, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's not that we're predicting the future. It's that we have the boots on the ground and we know where this stuff is going, right? We, we see where it's evolving. And we see where it's maturing. And unfortunately, the cyber criminals are using AI way better than companies are right now. So good luck with that, people. The odds are stacked against you. So with that, let's get into the MGM hack. Um, you know, <clears throat> guys, the odds are being stacked against uh, MGM here a little bit. And usually they're, they're, they're not used to being in that situation, right? They like... Uh, they like being in a business where the odds are in their favor. Um, but we're starting to see the financial toll on MGM. Um, basically, what we're seeing now is that we're they're looking at a potential of a 20, a potential 20% hit on revenue and cash flow as a result of this single event. Um, pretty big deal. So let's just kind of talk about that because. You know, loss of revenue, I think, is is something I've mentioned. We've mentioned on this show a lot, like the, the cost of a cyber attack is not what you pay the cyber criminals. You know, you, you hear two, three, four or five million dollar ransomware payments and people think like, oh, I'll get off the hook for two, three, four million dollars. That's not what's going on. And, and people need to have perspective on all the things that can impact your business when it comes to these events. And 
And here you go. Here's another great example that businesses can learn from before it happens to them. The amount of time you're down is probably going to be the amount of time you cannot generate any revenue for your business. And you need to start adding that to your calculation when you're looking at how much cybersecurity costs. Um, because I'm sure they could do it a lot cheaper <laughs> than this number. So go ahead. Well, no, no, yeah. So that that I think is a we've talked about this before. The whole should you pay or should you not pay was literally walk watching yesterday or listening to some people talk about this. And somebody came out and they were like, yeah, Caesars Casino. They're so stupid. They paid the 40 million, you know, and the, the bad guys are still in the system. All they did was get their computers unransomed. And then they're like, look at MGM, you know, they're, they're saying, no way, we're never going to pay. Well, they're losing $8 million a day now. And so now we're uh, 10, uh, what is it, nine days into this-ish, uh, 10 days into this, they've lost $80 million. So should we pay the ransom or should we not? I think that's a, a valid uh, discussion here. And, you know, is it smart that Caesars did? Did they pay the, did they pay the ransom and then go in and bring in some experts and fix or did they just pay the ransom and just move on or or whatever? So and and the post that this group made, um, the 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 Alf V guys that attacked um, MGM are claiming it. Um, the post they made really taunts MGM for some of the stuff they haven't done yet. Anyway, thought what are y'all's thoughts on that? Yeah, in this case, pay it. I mean, you're going to have people that are never going to want to because of this experience. They're never going to want to touch an MGM again. They're not going to want nothing to do with it. And even that $8 million that they're losing per day, I, I say you should have paid it. Well, I, I, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you there. Eyebrows just broke when you said pay it. They went up so high. I think they broke. Yeah. I mean, a pay, I mean, that, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a big decision, right? Paying it. Right. And, uh, number, number two, uh, you you said it, Andre. I'm going to kind of probe and ask you a little bit here on your on your thought process here, but like I don't know, people still buy T-Mobile phones, and we know what's going on over there, right? Do you think the casino clientele is different than T-Mobile? Is is that kind of where you're coming from on that, or is there something else? A, because when you go to an MGM, you're going for the experience, right? I think T-Mobile is a utility. Yep. Um, so for me, it's like I planned my vacation. I was there for five days, seven days, and this happened to me. Like, like it sucks. Like it's kind of like an airline. Like if you just had a bad experience yeah. on the airline, you'll never go back. So for me, that would. Yeah, would but be you also have like going back to what Randy said at the top of the show. Like what my friends have told me, online gaming was offline, mm -hmm. right? Um, so like, and, and, and I guess you're, you're kind of right. I'm kind of seeing where you're coming from on this because like people that go to casinos, I'm trying to relate to them because I'm not one of them people. Um, you know, they have these loyalty cards and they like, there's that, all that stuff, right. And all that stuff's shut down right now. Um, so like these loyal customers, this trust that they've built over time, I think that's eroding every single day that they're down. And I think mm -hmm. it's di it's a different experience. You're right. Than what a T-Mobile customer would expect. Um, uh, plus, you know, high, I'm thinking about all the high rollers and all these people who have to give financial information because they gamble so much and what they're thinking, you know what I mean? Does that, does the list of, of, 
degenerate gamblers come out um, based off, you know, who wants that information out there? I would also look at it, you know, we've seen it with NVIDIA with hacktivists where they're now saying, hey, MGM, admit that you've been, you know, kind of cheating the system. You know, the house always wins. Well, how does the house always win? What have you been doing? So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that even comes out. Yeah, I, I would I would bristle at that. I mean, of course, the house always wins. That's like saying the cement company always wins because they make $25 off of delivery. I mean, you got to make profit to stay in business. So the house does always win and all the games are kind of rigged. You know, most people are going to lose money and everybody knows that going in. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, someone needs to find out where uh, Brad Pitt and uh, George Clooney is right now. I think they have something to do with this. Why so? Remember oh. Ocean's Eleven? Ocean's Eleven? Yeah. Weren't That's they at a Caesars though in Ocean's Eleven? Or were they? <clears throat> anyway. I, I was hoping uh, you would get that one, Randy. Yeah, I just needed a minute. I'm only on like my third sip of coffee. so. And, and Randy's the king of dad jokes, and he didn't get that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know if you guys want to entertain any of these comments, but they're coming in hot and heavy. Um, uh, let me just uh, throw this one up. Oh. Get your guys' opinion on yeah. that one. Um, go ahead, Randy. Well, I saw I saw that comment on an article um, that if they got rid of Bitcoin, it would get rid of all because you wouldn't be able to pay anymore. Apparently, mm -hmm. um, for ransomware, um, the 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 problem is with that. Um, one, there's obviously some freedom issues there because it would make everybody have to get rid of Bitcoin. Um, would the government just outlaw it? What about the countries that don't? Would Eastern uh, Europe slash and or Russia, would, would they outlaw it if we outlawed it? I doubt Russia would um, if it meant that the, you know, the cyber criminals could stay in business. Um, so, yeah, on one hand, yes, this would definitely eliminate a lot of this. But then there would be 50 other options in its place, you know, like Solana or one of the many, many others that are that are out there. So I think it's a it definitely would do it, but I don't know that it's uh, possible or feasible. And with anything, the criminals are going to find another way. It may slow them down for a bit, but getting rid of Bitcoin, um, it's only a matter of time until they, they find a different way to take your money. Uh, amen, Andre. I'm, I'm rubbing off on you. I've said that for years. I've said and I probably got it off from you. Who knows? You know, you, you probably said that a month ago. Now I just remembered it. <laughs> I mean, I've been saying that for years because before there was Bitcoin, there was Western Union telegrams and that's how they got paid. So yep, that's I right. I forgot all about that. I didn't forget about it because I had to help people through it and drive to 7-Elevens and buy them. Um, it, you know, it, that's legit. Um, so good luck. They'll get their money. They're criminals. Like <laughs> they'll show up at your house with a bat if they have to. I mean, you know. That's what so, life is like. Go yeah, ahead. and there are there are people calling for the government to have something like this. The problem is, like right now, because this company is under a cyber attack, they can only deal with cash. If the government took away cash, then we couldn't do business when there was a power outage. We couldn't do business when there was a cyber attack. I mean, we need to have we need to be able to 
retain the right to have offline transactions or else, you know, we'll be screwed when things like this happen. 100%. So um, it's in its second week in the cyber attack, as we discussed. And, you know, one of, one of the things I just wanted to point out, going by, back to the financial conversation, is, you know, it, they, they're advising that it's not only going to impact revenue, but it's going to impact cash flow. So, I mean, revenue is one thing, but cash flow is a whole different story, right? Yep. Because they're not bringing in cash. So they're not able to do things like pay their vendors, you know, so you're going to start to see other businesses be impacted by this. Um, imagine, you know, the, the, the small business that, you know, probably, you know, maybe takes care of linens and does laundry and stuff like that for them. Um, these people are going to be impacted very quickly and payroll may be impacted very quickly. So the longer this plays out, the more and more uh, this mess becomes for them. Uh, from the standpoint of, of, of revenue and cash flow and being able to continue to operate as normal. Um, so let's jump into the, the response here, guys. Um, you know, their official stance and, and their frequently asked question page is, is, is updating them. I think as of this morning, um, that guests facing operations are back to normal. Um, that's kind of where they're at. So I guess that's good for cash flow. Um, and you know, the company is already kind of saying like, we're, we're putting in contingency plans to cover payroll, um, because we know we're going to run out of money at some point. So it's pretty scary, right? Yeah. I mean, and if we can also just talk about how, because someone had to have access to what, you know, like a God mode, a king to the kingdom. So I'm curious if we can uh, talk about how this, and I know we don't know how it happened, but maybe why you should be careful of who has access to the Kings of the Kingdom and why certain users in your company um, should not have full access. That's a, a really good, I think a really good point. And we really don't know for sure, um, obviously, but Alf V has claimed responsibility and in their little thing from almost a week ago where they were basically taunting MGM, they were saying that they had access to the domain controllers and people's passwords who they couldn't decrypt from the hashes because all that stuff's available if you have admin access to the domain controllers. Um, apparently, there's some maybe some too long passwords or something like that. They haven't been able to decrypt yet. They said they were able to get into Okta, their Okta servers. Um, which is a multi-factor authentication. We don't want to go off into the weeds too much there, but short story long, they were able to get people's passwords from there. Um, they claim to also have access to the 365 tenant as well. So I don't know if that's still true because that was six days ago. Um, but but yeah, to totally good, good valid point. I think we ought to look into so um, I know this isn't in the show kind of notes, guys, but and, and, and our kind of what we're saying we're going to talk about. But I want to open up the conversation because it appears from these reports, at least last week, that Okta is at the center of this. So 
um, <clears throat> Okta is a security platform that a lot of companies use. It, it, there's various things that their software can do and provide for companies. Um, but it's being reported that the Okta agent, which is a lightweight client that connects to an organization's active directory servers, which are basically like your security keys or where you lock your keys for, you know, in a cabinet. Um, you can think of it like that. Um, these hackers are claiming that they breached that system. Um, and not only, you know, and I want to kind of talk about this for a little bit uh, with Okta, um, because it's not the first time Okta has been involved in a major incident. Um, as Randy said in the green room, why would you even use Okta? Um, so the other thing is it's been reported that, um, the same group, Alpha um, broke into the systems of three other companies besides MGM resorts. Uh, these companies are not named, but they're in manufacturing, retail and technology. Um, and Octus confirmed that these companies have been breached as well. So there's more to come. What do you guys think? So I remember there was some reports early on talking about how it was a 10 minute phone call. And then mm -hmm. that 10 minute phone call, and they somehow reverse remote access. And then from there, they were able to their way up. So no, I'm just curious, like, so is it what, is it Okta that got the breach or is it because they got into the systems and then from there, they were then able to then work their way up? Um, uh, well, I was going to say, we don't know for sure, but according to Alf V, it started, they, they had access to the domain controllers, then got access to the Okta, Okta servers. And just to clarify in the, in the, the green room, I was more asking not why should you ever use Okta? I was, it was more along the lines of there's been so many hits against them lately. Um, I was asking that question, but here's the thing. The bigger target you are, the more likely you are to get hit. Am I right? You know, um, something that 12 people use is not going to get hit as hard as something that 12 million people use. So. Right. But what I'm saying is, was it really Octa's fault or should we be looking at the fact that a 10 minute phone call got the person in in the first place? Or should we be looking uh, at. I don't think it was a 10 minute phone call. I don't, I don't think that's right. You didn't see that report. Uh. Was that on this attack? Uh, a bit, yeah, I don't, I don't, okay. I, I, I don't think it was a ten-minute phone call. I think it took them ten minutes. Okay. Like I think it just the total time once they had access was ten minutes. Got it. Okay. Right to to get what they wanted. So like here's what's on here's what's on the the dark web leak site. I'll read it directly from there. Uh, and MGM made the hasty decision to shut down each and every one of their OctaSync servers after learning that we had been lurking in their Okta agent servers, sniffing passwords of people whose passwords couldn't be cracked from their domain controller hash dumps. Holy crap. That's, I mean, I'll, let's, we got to break that down. Um, Alfie wrote on its leak site in a statement, um, and they also said this resulted in their Okta being completely yep. out. Yep. Okay. And then, then they added a statement, uh, and basically said that we are, we still continue to have access to some of MGM's infrastructure. And if a deal is not reached, we shall carry out additional attacks. 
Um, the group also said it would release the data it exfiltrated. Um, and that's what's going to happen. So, so I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, so I said, it sounds to me like they were just able to, they already, they already had, um, they already had the breach. They just couldn't crack passwords. So they decided to attack Okta and that's how they were able to get the passwords they needed. Probably got a password they needed for Okta from the other stuff that they had. That looks like but they were already in there, right? right? It says we were yes. already in there, yep. basically doing patch the hash stuff, yep. like compromising their systems. Which looks like that's right, how they got into their three sixty five. Like right then and there, like look at me, look here comes you know here comes the attitude I was talking about in the green room. If you're an enterprise company. And you don't have patch to hash turned off. Shame on you, because you're going to get hacked. Like turn this crap off. Don't hash your passwords on your Windows systems, and you won't have these problems. You're making it too easy, as I always say. And everybody thinks they have good cybersecurity, and this is simple stuff to take care of. And it, here you have it. It's not being done. That's why I said, "Oh wow, we need to." to dive in on this. Guys, this is easy stuff. I know a lot of you people were talking over your heads. This is like, what? What are they talking about? This is easy, easy stuff for guys like us to do. And it should be done in every environment in, in today's day and age. And the fact that it's not done here is, is very eye-opening, but it's also not surprising. And it's also why I come on this show and say the state of the cybersecurity in this country and in businesses from government all the way down to private businesses is in shambles. And the cyber criminals are winning and they're not going to stop for many, many years because they're so far ahead of everybody else who needs to defend this stuff. Go ahead. Um, I was going to just say, um, so we have to kind of take Alf V at their word. Is Were they really the attackers? It sounds like they were. Yeah. And then you also have to take any kind of statement that's published by a hacking group. You have to always take it with a grain of salt because we talk about this a lot. What are they involved in now? Well, what they're involved in right now is the psychological warfare operations or psyops as we like to call them, because you want to goad or push the, the leaders of the organization into paying the ransom. That's what this is all about. They want money. Um, they're not trying to you know, just get in there for the sake of it, they want money. So if they release a statement that says, well, you know, we're all in there. We have access to all this. We did this. You know, yeah, no big deal. We couldn't get it. So we hacked this one, you know, needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Probably it's true, though, I would say, based on what looks like what's happening, at least as of uh, six days ago when they published this uh, statement. Andre's uh -oh. still with us. No, I was going to let Andre talk. But... No, 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 it's cool. I was, I was going to uh, have another point, but we can continue. You guys can continue. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. Uh, you're right there, uh, Randy. I, I, I agree 100%. Um, but that's, you know, that's where we're at with the response. The company is, you know, it sounds like they're struggling. You know, when you got, you got the hackers, you know, talking this way on their dark website. Um, you really don't see kind of this much information coming out like this, like kind of like a play by play. Um, but it's a big deal. So, um, you know, 
you know, as we talked about, like, you know, MGM customers, they're not able to, you know, dine. They're not able to do the normal things that, as Andre said, you would expect. Um, the slot machines, apparently they're doing manual payouts on them. Like, I can't imagine what that's doing to their operations and why they're even trying that. Um, you know, there's, you know, Uber drivers and Lyft drivers saying it's just a shit show in, in that hotel. Um, and, and things are just a mess. Um, so if we look at, you know, other things that we got to think about here, guys, are, you know, conventions and, and shows that, you know, I mean, even in our industry and in every industry, Las Vegas is a Mecca for this. Yeah. And how much, how quickly this, this, this toll, this cost is, is rising on them. You know, you're, you're, we're just talking about the kind of the tourist side of things. What about the business side of things of businesses who've paid for these, these facilities for events, the, the um, attendees who are flying in, who spent good money on a plane ticket and a hotel reservation that, you know, it's not real easy to cancel that stuff last minute and expect to get your money back. Um, it's going to be, you know, all these things are being impacted as we speak uh, from this hotel. And I don't, I don't think there's no way on earth that this organization ever planned out an incident response and looked at it from that magnitude. Yeah, you got Formula One coming soon. Um, everybody's talking about that. Formula One's coming to Vegas in November. So it's going to be a huge issue. That's why, for me, I say pay it, let's get over this, and let's get our systems back online. Uh, another thing I want to mention is um, I wanted to read this off of their, off of the um, a statement that, that the uh, threat actor made. It says that... Um, Due to, their, due to the network engineer's lack of understanding of how the network functions, network access was problematic on Saturday. They then made the decision to take offline seemingly important components of their infrastructure on Sunday. So this was interesting because they're kind of taking a poke at the network engineer yep. and IT people's um, saying they didn't even know what to do. So they just basically took down things that they didn't need to take down and made the matters worse. So that was that was interesting. No, hundred um, percent. That's what Octa was saying. Like you're you're just taking things willy nilly offline, and we're just going to make this worse for you. And oh, by the way, the stuff you've taken offline, we still have access. Yeah. <laughs> like, how embarrassing is that? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I want to get into uh, before we wrap up here in the last couple minutes. I want to get into the insurance dilemma. Um, uh, insurance is obviously going to be used here. I would imagine that they have it. Um, and <clears throat> you know, the, the, the hackers are saying they haven't paid the ransom, right? Um, insurance, you know, is probably going to have to pay the ransom. So, I, I mean, I can't imagine being the underwriter or the insurer, for MGM right now and, and what they could potentially be going through. Um, if anything, Andre, in my opinion, there's probably a lot of pressure from that entity to not do what you say, which is pay the ransom. Hmm. Right. So, um, 
you know, I think there's different plays plays here. But Randy, when do you pay the ransom? Sooner or later? <laughs> I mean, at this point, eight million dollars a day getting lost. If they haven't fixed it and found a way back, I guarantee you, you've got CEOs and C level people for sure. Probably people from all over the organization that are saying, just pay the dang ransom, um, pay the dang ransom and get back to work. And, you know, I'm not saying they should or shouldn't do that. That's a tough call, man. Um, so, but they, they ought to be prepared. They should have been prepared to be able to come back from this without paying a ransom. Um, but it, it looks like they weren't. So, you know, they were doing a lot of things. That's another thing I just want to say right here. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, I know we have a lot. We have a lot of other professionals that watch our show, um, but this would be to everybody. Don't always believe the sales slicks, the flyers, the emails that you get. There's not one tool out there. You're going to get an email that says, "Hey, use this. You'll be mm -hmm. cyber secure." Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've seen flyers from Microsoft. Mm -hmm. They they use all the words, mm -hmm. but I know. I have debates with people they're watching right now. Um, they know the words, but I say they're they're not doing all the things um, to, to help a company be cyber secure. They're doing maybe seven out of 12, but they're not doing them all. And bottom bottom line is you got to be careful not to fall for all the sales yeah. stuff from all these vendors. Because, you know, when you hear Okta, you're like, wow, they're using Okta. You know, a lot of companies aren't using Okta. But, you know, then there's a lot of other things that they literally weren't they weren't doing. So that's a little warning, I guess, for all of us out there. Um, not fall for the sales, the slick sales presentations from all the vendors that claim to have all the answers because they don't. Well, I mean, you're right. Number one, great advice. Don't fall for the marketing you know, material because they're there to sell you a product. And if they can make you feel like you know, their product is going to keep you secure. They got a better chance of selling that than if they just tell you it's just a piece of the pie. Right. So good point. Um, but you're right. I talk to a lot of business people and, you know, we ask them like, where are you at with your cybersecurity? And oh, we're, we're good. We're, we, we have the best. And you ask them like what they're doing and they have CrowdStrike and you're like, that's it. Yeah. Or we have Sentinel one. What else? And that's it. We're good. We hired them. And that's the problem right now is a lot of these executives who think they know because they're a C-level executive, but they really don't, are buying products like I mentioned and thinking that they've just basically outsourced their cybersecurity worries to that company. And that couldn't be further from the truth, as, as Randy pointed out. So, um what do you guys think? I'm going to go to some questions here in a minute as we wrap up. Um, but a couple of things I just want to ask you guys. Is there anything that stands out at you in terms of what MGM could have could have done differently at this point? Like one one big thing that you see that like, hey, I you know, they should have handled this differently. <laughs> um. Well, so I think we should start off all conversations like that with uh, a little bit of grace, like there, but for the grace of God, go I. So at the same time, though, they lit, they did 
Well, at least Alf V is claiming, like Andre said, they're claiming that they got access in 10 minutes with a call to the help desk. They looked on LinkedIn. They found an employee. They claimed to be that employee. They called into the help desk. Next thing you know, they're, they're, they got a little tiny foothold, which obviously they, they mushroomed into a, a giant thing. So um, I would say right off the bat, every, every company has to have, you've, you've got to have training for your people. People have to be aware of this. This is a ongoing issue. Um, it is an ongoing struggle for cybersecurity companies to get people trained and to take it, to take it seriously. And I would say that that right there, like what happened with their help desk that allowed them to get access? That would be the first thing right away that I would say, could they have done that differently? Right. And not just say, watch this video for 20 minutes, click the check mark training, and that's it. A serious training. <laughs> we For yeah. us, um, we do, um, we have, for our largest client, for example, we do have that video. Welcome to client and watch this video. But then uh, once we do once a quarter and we'll actually then do a live training and, and go through scenarios and go through like the latest things that's happening. Yep. And tell them that we will never ask you to go to a website to remote in. If we can't remote into your machine, then that's it. Like we can't remote in, but don't go anywhere or, or, or try to help us to get into your machines. Yeah. And, you know, companies out there should also be aware of the fact that there are tools that can prevent this kind of stuff. Um, there are things called privilege access management tools, PAM tools that you can put in place to verify users, to verify employees when they call into a call center or a help desk. Uh, and I'd highly recommend that you look into those tools and you won't end up like MGM did. Or if you remember a couple of years ago, this happened over at Twitter where they were able to take over a few accounts and, and, and get celebrities to you know, get people to send them Bitcoin. Um, so this can happen and it, it, it's pretty bad when it does. So um, just one last question for you. Uh, and then we'll move into the questions from the audience. Uh, your thoughts on whether MGM can continue operating? Yeah. yeah. No. We're getting feedback on your mic. Yeah, MGM will 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 get through this. I mean, heck, Rackspace got through their situation, so uh, MGM will 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 get through this. Today. And people will go back. Outside of what I say, with the experience and loyalty, people are gonna go back. They're gonna they're gonna forget. MGM's probably gonna give them free drinks on your next visit, plus an extra three hundred points, whatever they have to do to get people back. It and 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 I, you're probably you're probably right, and I would definitely agree with that. There is a extremely large percentage i've i've heard it's as large as eight, as large as 80 percent of companies that don't come back from a ransomware event or they're out of business within six months and i don't think this that would be mgm but this is this is going to be a huge hit most businesses don't just have tons of cash laying around to live off of while their you know their daily income's not coming in yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't have confidence like you guys do that they're going to continue. I think this is a ripe opportunity for another casino company to look at look at helping this company out and helping them through the situation through some kind of merger or acquisition. And I think it could end up there if it if it this doesn't get resolved quickly. Um, 
that's definitely in play though, in my mind. So um, let's take a look at some of these questions. Uh, we got one question here. Can these criminals be indicted or is it outside of the jurisdiction of the U.S.? Uh, let you guys handle that one. We've talked about this on the show quite a few times, but um, yeah, usually it's they're outside the U.S. And if they're if the criminal is in the U.S., they're they're finding a plane right now to get the heck out of here and go go to uh, Cuba or somewhere like that. But it's not they're not I, they're not in the U.S. Yeah, you don't know who the initial access broker was. It could have been Alfie themselves, or it could have been somebody else. Um, as I kind of pondered last week on the show. Um, and then they, they, they just sold access to Alpha V. Um, we may never know. We'll find out one day. So um, anything you guys want to add to that one for victory? Thank you for your question and supporting the show. Um, this one comes in from YouTube. What would be your uh, advice for other hotels and casinos in Las Vegas that are afraid to be the next victim of a cyber attack like this? Go ahead, boys. Fire away. Practice the scenarios. Practice that you're you're you know you're on the backside. Network goes down. How do you make sure that it's not um, associated with your access control? Like, how can this system work without this system? Or maybe you have a master badge that still works, and the POS systems can still work. Different vendors, you know. So just practice where everything is in, segmented in a way where even if one piece has to go down or one department has to go down, um, the other ones can still generate that revenue and can still operate for you. Yeah, that that question, Brian, um, is, I know you didn't mean it, well, you may have, but it's so loaded. Um, well, not not your, not this question that Chelsea asked, but um, the, way, the way that you asked it, it's loaded just because there's so much that has to be done. And if, I mean, if they're like a mom and pop casino in Reno, I mean, that's one thing, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But mm -hmm. like Andre said, if, if they're multi-state, multi-city, multi-locations, that brings in such a huge level of complexity. Um, so I would say short story long, um, they, they have to get serious about cybersecurity and start actively pursuing it is a it is a journey um it is not you arrive by buying one tool or you arrive by doing one thing like turning on mfa um it's a journey and what andre said that requires a a constant look at the systems and you know are they interconnected do you have you know people that have admin access in multiple places that shouldn't you know if one goes down does that mean the other other systems dead there's a lot of things at play here i don't know if i can answer that question directly it's um, hard it's a hard question because hey you don't know where i mean i would i don't know chelsea but i assume maybe they work in the hotel industry in las vegas because they they a question like this or a concern like this um you know, hey, yes, you're right. It's hard to answer because we don't know where this company's at, right? So my advice would be, if you don't know where you're at today, get a cybersecurity risk assessment and, and start figuring out where you are. A cybersecurity risk assessment will identify everything that you need to start protecting, and then it'll basically give you a grade 
on how well you're protecting it. Um, so for me, if you, you got to identify, you got to figure out what you got to protect. And that all starts with somebody running a risk assessment on your business. Um, and it's not just running a tool to scan. They're looking at everything, your contracts, all the things you've signed off on to say, like, we're going to do this or that for this business or that business. It's all part of the risk. If you go down, that's all calculated in how much this is going to cost you. Um, and as companies figure this out, they're learning that their risk assessments aren't up to snuff. They're not giving them the full picture. Um, and it's simply because they have like somebody who's not trained to do this stuff, doing it for them. They're running a tool. Oh, I can, uh, what's that tool called? Um, networks or something like that, that they like to run or I don't even remember. Is that it? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, we run into IT directors and IT people all the time. They're like, oh, we got this installed and we run it and we get our vulnerabilities. And that's just one piece. That's just one piece of everything that needs to be considered. Um, and that's, that's, that's not a risk assessment. When people get the terms confused, a risk assessment is an assessment on the business risk. A vulnerability scan is a scan on the network to tell you what technology is not patched or, or has you know, the potential to be compromised because of a flaw in its hardware or software. Um, so um, here we go. Chelsea's kind of giving us live feedback. So thanks for your answering my question. I do feel like you're I feel like your weak points is a pretty good start for situations like this. Thank you. So, I mean, I guys, I run into IT people all the time that are working for big hospitals, big casinos, and, and there's a real struggle in IT departments to get their head around this. Um, and the companies right now, from what I'm seeing, and I don't know if Chelsea's still listening and watching, and she can kind of, you know, back up what I'm saying if she works in that in that area. Um, but at the end of the day, these CEOs and these C-level people are still putting it on these IT people to figure it out. And there's a lot of pressure on IT people who aren't really qualified to the level like we are to be dealing with this stuff. And I see it all the time. Um, you know, you see them out there getting training. They're, they're, they're attending the classes. Um, but the reality of it is, is that when you talk to them, you realize that their, their level and their experience around this stuff isn't that great. Um, I'm going into just in cybersecurity alone, I'm going into almost a decade of doing this stuff, right? And I'm talking about people who are just realizing they got to like learn this stuff and get their head around it. Um, and that's the difference, right? You know, you have, you, you know, if you're trying to win a championship or you bring in a rookie or you bring in a 10 year veteran. So, Anything else you got to say, guys, before we wrap up here? No, that's all I got. All right. Good show. Good advice. Thank you both for your contributions. Good luck to MGM. And uh, I'm sure we'll have an update for everybody in next week's episode, along with probably more cyber attacks, especially the three others that got hit uh, in this related attack with Okta. Um, and we'll go from there. So everyone, we'll see it in the next episode next week. Stay safe and remember, reach out to us if you need help with any of this. Take care.